Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Uh, now I think it works. All right. Okay. Marinero, the sick podcast. I had muted myself. That doesn't happen very often. On this Thursday, November 17, it's two minutes past 10 o'clock. The Montreal Canadiens take on, um, took on a Columbus Blue Jackets team that was without Zach Wierenski and Jake Bean and Adam Bolquist on defense and without Jakub Voracek and Patrick Liney up top. And in the end, guess what happened? The Montreal Canadiens gave up six, and they lose by a score of six to four. And what was, once again, a very entertaining hockey game. It was entertaining for sure. Uh, but you take a look at that team, that Columbus Blue Jackets team on paper, and I think a lot of people thought that the Canadiens would have had better luck in Columbus tonight, where it's a place where they usually play, and I think they usually lose. That cannon seems to go off very often. And I think a lot of people thought it probably was not going to go off tonight, but it did. It went off six times, six times. Uh, the first period was not the uh, uh, someone saying that the first period was not overly entertaining. Maybe Frank is saying the rebuild is alive and well. Um, your uh, your camera is uh, uh, blurry again, Tony. And listen, I don't know what to tell you. It's on automatic. I'm not a camera technician. I'm not changing it. It is what it is. Sometimes it's going to be, I, I don't know why, but uh, maybe it's uh, the way I'm, I'm, I'm moving. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people saying Montreal should have won this game. Nick says sloppy plays. It is the sick podcast, and it's brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. Oh, yeah, from warehousing, customs, brokerage, and transportation consulting. Energy Transportation Group has you covered, as well as 8.6 Beer. They bring you the sick podcast as well. Intense by nature. This one here is 7.9% alcohol. The red can, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Comes in various colors and various strengths, by the way. It also comes in uh, white, it comes in blue, and it comes in black. And they all have uh, different percentages of alcohol. And, of course, it's uh, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark once again. And Lacash, I'm going to be going there uh, on a couple occasions over the next week. If the last time you went to Lacash was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacash because the menu is going to surprise you. The Montreal Canadiens had 42 shots, 42 shots on uh, Jonas Corpisalo. They were able to score four times, but um, 
not an easy night at the office for Samuel Montambeau, who gave up five, and one of them was in an empty net for the sixth goal. And uh, there you have it. It was uh, a game where we saw a lot of good plays, but it's a game where we saw a lot of bad defensive efforts as well, a lot of giveaways, uh, some bad luck as well uh, in this hockey game. And we're waiting to get a hold of Brian Wilde from Global TV Montreal. And when Brian is on, I'm going to get the uh, the green light from Agnello and Sammy, who are back at Master Control. And uh, they'll also be taking your calls tonight at one 585 sick one 585 7425 You're watching right now on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter. We are live. Speaking of which, by the way, Twitter, I don't know if you guys had a chance to see this, but a series of tweets and a series of stories that, uh, you know, um, it looks like uh, Twitter could be in jeopardy. I, I know a lot of people are worried about it. It seems like uh, Elon Musk basically uh, proposed the plan of Twitter 2.0, and it seems like most of his employees and most of his executives said thanks, but no thanks. And they uh, they walked out on the job. He had shut some of them out, and then, you know, he didn't expect everyone to walk out, and it appears like most did. And uh, then he called back some employees saying, you know what, you got to come back, you got to come back. And I don't know if they're going to be back, but there's uh, a little bit of a worry amongst the uh, the Twitter world that uh, Twitter will be no more. And, um, you know, I have to say, and I tweeted this, and I don't know if you saw it, but if that's the end of Twitter, and I don't think it will be, by the way, just my gut tells me that it won't, but I don't have more. It's not like I have any inside information. But if that's the end of Twitter, I think the uh, the Twitter moment I'm most fond of came about, uh, I don't know, a month, a month and a half ago when I was in my spa, my Trevi spa in my backyard, and I uh, sang about a minute's 15 worth of I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner, and I got 356,000 impressions. And uh, I think it was 17,000, almost 18,000 engagements. So that's my fondest and proudest Twitter moment. Let's see uh, which Twitter moment is the proudest and fondest for Brian Wild, because <laughs> that he's here. How you doing, bud? I'm good. You know, I saw that tweet when, uh, when you sent it out. Um, and yeah. I immediately said, okay, what's well, mine? And uh, I couldn't come up with anything. I don't have anything that stood out as, I, uh, you know, a one, like yeah. uh, 356,000. The tweet that got the most impressions for sure is when I got laid off um, from CTV, without a doubt. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. The, yeah, for sure. The uh, um, the response from people blew me away. Uh, I had no idea anybody would even care, really. And uh, the sentiment was like amazed me and uh, was very heartfelt uh, emotional response from me of course people uh, care brian people love you man no well thank you but um yeah no that was it for sure it was uh, but it was it was nothing i tweeted you, you know what i mean like yours was a tweet that got a response mine was more like yeah holy shit what happened to my life yeah i figured response. it was gonna get a response but i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't think it was gonna it was gonna have three hundred fifty-six thousand. that's a big number dude yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a, it's a pretty big number for someone who's got like 71,000 followers or whatever. I didn't expect it to go around that much. But anyway, um, the hockey game tonight, geez, Brian, out of all the hockey games this year, yeah. because A, we saw a total of 10 goals, and B, we saw a lot of good plays and a lot of 
bad plays and a lot of good saves and a lot of bad saves and a lot of good goals and back. Like, I find there's so much to talk about from this game. I don't even know where to start, but we'll start with period number one where um, Monaghan with a takeaway, a pass to Anderson in the slot. It's a bang-bang play. I thought Corpusalo made a big stop early on. Um, and uh, Evans lost, Jake Evans lost a couple of face-offs in period number one that ultimately ended up leading to two Columbus goals. On one of them, the Canadians got unlucky because Sillinger shot from the blue line, went off of Samuel Montambo and off of um, Harris, to give the Blue Jackets a one nothing lead. And um, there's another one where Evans loses a defensive zone face-off. Monaghan ties up his guy. Anderson goes to the wrong guy instead of going to cover the point. And there's a pass from the point, which goes to Nyquist, who's all alone, and he makes it 2 nothing. And the Canadians were, were able to battle back they were able to battle back in period number two, but period number one, let's start with that, Brian. What a bad period for the Canadians. Well, you know, in the first like six, seven minutes of the game, um, I tweeted out something like there's no way the Canadians are going to lose this because I thought in the first seven minutes um, that Columbus hadn't even shown up to play. And uh, then you talk about those breaks and then suddenly it's gone the wrong way and they're down two. But I, I, I just thought they were a superior team off the hop. and. Um, I just thought it was going to be a romp. It was, I'm, you know, like you talk about all the guys they didn't have in their lineup and they're already five and nine heading into the game. You know, I thought, okay, up and coming team playing really well this season against this team that's really, really struggling. And this night they should really struggle even more with all of the players out mm-hmm. of the lineup. So, um, you know, to me, and then I watched the first seven minutes. I thought, oh, this, this is going to be, it's going to be eight, six. Canadians are just going to pour it on. Uh, and it did not go that way at all. And that's that's sports, man. Sometimes you yeah. just got to throw it up. You got to throw it out the window sometimes. I hear you. you know? And not get too emotional about every yeah. single game because it's an 82-game season and weird things can happen. Their defensive game tonight, though, mm-hmm. looked like um, right before Dominic Ducharme was relieved of his duties. Remember there were games where yeah. they were giving up six, they were yeah. giving up seven, yeah. they were giving up eight. They they were very That's what I said. Tonight. That's yeah. what I said uh, at one point, uh, again, on Twitter. Um, that this is the first game this season that I thought that the Canadians resembled last season. This felt yes. like last season tonight yeah. to me. I love mean, a lot of goals scored against. Uh, Montembeau isn't this year's Montembeau at around nine thirty, but last year's Montembeau at around eight eighty. Um, sloppy, uh, lots of mistakes. Always seem to be behind the eight ball, no matter what. Trying to catch up, doing their best, but not enough. Um, uninspired, uh, mentally not there, physically not there. Uh, but it's just one game. It's just one game. They've been really impressive this season, and sometimes it gets away from you. Um, and this was that night. Arbor Jacki was pretty involved tonight, though, eh? With a uh, a check to uh, Foley, who he, he he basically put him over the boards and into the Canadians mm-hmm. bench, and that was uh, near the end of the first, near the end of the second. Uh, he and Olivier squared off in a flight, and uh, so he was physically he was involved. I mean, there was uh, wasn't a great defensive game for. I'm not so sure it was a great defensive game for pretty much anyone tonight. I'm trying to think, Brian, of who Kovacevich. The best. Yeah. If you were going to say, if you were going to say who was the best, I would say Kovacevich. Yeah, he and Joel Edmondson were uh, yeah, were even. Yeah. 
Jack I managed to be plus one in this hockey game tonight with three shots on goal and a couple of hits and just under 16 minutes of play. But Kovacevic, yeah, 15 and a half minutes. And anyway, Michael Matheson, at one point, there was a thought that he may have played in this game tonight, but ultimately he didn't get the green light. We'll see what happens on Saturday when the Montreal Canadiens host the Philadelphia Flyers. By the way, I know most of you probably saw this, but my God, the New Jersey Devils won their 11th game in a row. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs by a score of 3-2 to two in uh, in overtime. Jordan Harris, uh, who had a little bit of a tough night defensively, did get a goal, Brian, in period number two to narrow the lead to 2-1. Uh, a shot that basically was redirected off Slavkowski. It went right to Suzuki's stick. He found Jordan Harris. It was a bang-bang play put in the top of the net. And uh, Evans to Dvorak, to Gallagher, to, no, was it Evans? No, it was, uh, no, no, that Hoffman. was Gallagher. No, it was, was Hoffman. Yeah, it was Hoff, yeah, yeah. Dvorak to Gallagher to Josh Anderson, and he ties it at two on the power play with three seconds oh, that left goal. Sorry. in period number two. Yeah, no, the goal I was talking about. Yep, sorry, right, I thought you were on the next goal. Was, uh, was once Boone Jenner made it 3-2 for Columbus, Evans passed it all the way down ice uh, to Hoffman or who entered the offensive blue line. He noticed he didn't have anybody, so he waited, he waited, he waited. And then Dvorak must have hopped onto the ice with uh, with Galley. Evans hopping off with Galley and uh, Dvorak yep. to Gallagher, and Brendan Gallagher scores. Beautiful goal. And he ties it at three. But speaking of beautiful goal, how about that goal from Sean Kerali, who went around yeah. Dadunov and Harris? Like, they weren't even there. Like, I... What happened there? I think it was a line change. I think a couple I players went like, off. But... Yeah, and I feel like Harris thought that somehow Corrali didn't have the puck and it was he was just an F1 going to chase it into the into the corner or something. It didn't feel – it felt like he let him go. Uh, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not that he thought he was competing for something extremely important like the puck and like that guy going in for a breakaway, but thought that the, the play was not near him. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but it did feel like he almost like pushed him off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of bring him back, I, yeah. I can't. I, I it's one of those ones, you, you know, where you'd like to ask Jordan Harris, what were you thinking on that one? Because you know, genuinely, and you know, not being a smartass, I, I I don't know what he was thinking on that one. Yeah. All right. So, uh, hey, and by the way, uh, thanks to you uh, for a great read, uh, Call of the Wild, the other night. Of course, you can find it on the Global TV Montreal uh, website for uh, giving the interview with uh, Jeff Gordon a plug. It certainly was fantastic. a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, yeah, was a lot of fun. that's fantastic. I like him a lot, Brian. I like, I like everybody. I mean, I was uh, there's yeah. something about um, Gordon and Hughes uh, even today. It, like, I just finished saying that I thought Kovacevic was the best defender tonight, and it seems as if Kovacevic is kind of finding his way even more as the season goes. Seems to me he's improving every game out. Uh, wasn't given a chance in Winnipeg getting one here and getting more and more ice. And now it feels like he's actually exhibiting a little bit of an offensive flair recently, which you really didn't see when he was playing it safe as he got his feet wet. And now I see there's the odd play that he's making where he shows some creativity. And back to Gorton and Hughes on it, like yeah. they, as the worst team in the league leading up to November 1, when the rule changed and it looked at the standings, they were the team with the ability to pick every single time first any waiver wire guy that they wanted. Like, I mean, they could have taken any of those so-called big names and they yeah. passed on all of them. And they added only one guy 
And it was that guy. And you're yeah. thinking to yourself, well, you know, all the guys you're going to have. And that was that guy. He's like, you know, really? And they did their homework. Turns, they did their homework. These guys, And now you look at the draft. There's potentially, and I, I don't even think I'm being like overly optimistic here. There, there's a chance for four guys out of that draft. You know, as much as I always loved Trevor Timmons, I don't know if I ever thought that there were four guys. And yeah, maybe Trevor didn't get a chance to draft four times in the first 62. And uh, so it's not maybe a fair comparison. But, um, you know, Slavkowski, Mashar, Beck, Hudson. Yeah. Like if there's a chance all four of those guys become not only like uh, NHLers at all, you know, on the fringe, but. Difference makers. Difference. Thank you. Yeah. yeah difference makers i mean imagine that i mean that's that's incredible like uh beck is second in the league in the ontario hockey league in goals with 13 and 15 games uh that's yeah phenomenal no, yeah no phenomenal. he is he and Mashar is a little behind that because he's on a terrible kitchener team yeah. hudson is you know playing like fantastic at yeah. boston U, just fantastic and slavkowski is like without a doubt the best player out of the draft so far, yeah. Shane Wright for an eighth time in 10 games, Tony sits tonight for Seattle again. And I don't know what they're doing. The guy already missed one season from COVID, you know, he's, he's got, he's got to play. I don't know what they're doing. So, I mean, that's four great picks. It looks like. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I, I got you. I, I want to get back to the hockey game tonight. Though. Absolutely. I, I think isn't, you know, um, seeing as the way the game went, I mean, it's almost fitting that the game-winning goal was a result of a Canadians losing a face-off, right? That was the fifth goal. That one hurt. That was Olivier. The Blue Jackets win a face-off, an offensive face-off clean. It goes to Olivier, whose quick wrist shot goes up and over Samuel Montembeau, who, by the way, uh, not going to blame him for this one tonight because I think everyone was really, really flat. But Montembeau was not the Montembeau that we've seen fighting and delivering this year. Yeah, absolutely. His level this year made me think that that maybe this was a goaltender through the years that was just looking for an opportunity and lose that nervous energy that makes you not as good as you can be. And people lose sight of that, you know. They lose sight of that a lot, that when you're on the fringe, it feels like, especially as a goaltender, that every game is so important that if you make – one mistake, especially if the coach is sending that message to you that any mistake can be costly, that that anxiety can make you not as fast. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know if anybody understands the complexity of the human body, but, um, you know, scientifically, it's been proven that if you're feeling a little bit anxious, you're not as quick, your reflexes aren't as good. Uh, you're not mentally as strong either in terms of uh, your decision making. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, uh, if Montembeau was going through any of that uh, angst in terms of becoming a better goaltender, but when you get to the next level as he was, it felt like, you know, that some sort of plateau was hit and then he went beyond it. Uh, so this was a step back, just like this game was a step back in terms of that they felt like last year. Uh, Sam Montembeau felt like this year all season long, and then tonight he also felt like last year. So I think his next game is going to be really, really interesting to see if he gets back to, you know, the high-quality goaltending that he, he was showing this year. Yeah, I just uh, chatted now. I'm chatting with everyone who's watching us, by the way, on YouTube right now, mm -hmm. that I thought David Savard struggled in his return to Columbus tonight. 
Sure. And I mean, on the one goal, he, uh, he fell that allowed the three on one when they did a really nice tic-tac-toe. And then there was no back pressure on that goal at all, which was disappointing. I don't know how the three forwards got that caught up that uh, Columbus had the opportunity to make that many moves yeah. before the toe of the tic-tac-toe was finally completed. But yeah, he had a little bit of a tough night. And you know, Tony, it's funny because you know, they got a big decision to make, of course, right? And you kind of touched on it when you were talking about Jack Eye for a second there, that um, that he may be the one to go down. And uh, it's hard to know who's going to go down because of Mike Matheson's return, and it wasn't tonight, but it's soon. And, uh, you know, it can't happen now because everybody's so tight against the salary cap. But I, I wonder if uh, the better decision isn't to just keep letting these kids play. And when Mike Matheson gets in and then make the decision that they have, uh, you know, um, someone like Edmondson at the trading deadline. Whoa. What do you think? Okay. Of what do you think? Um, of, what do you think of that? Yeah, no, you listen, did a vote. Yeah, it's um, well, the first thing is I know that a lot of people are talking about. Kovacevic to go down, uh, like, you know, him to come out when Matheson goes in or Jack guy, but. I find that that Jordan Harris has been struggling lately. I find he's been uh, struggling, really? and well, and... he struggled tonight for sure. But I don't know if I feel the same way about that. I'd like that pairing. I don't. Um, he doesn't look good on the right side. The other guys have an advantage that they can play the right side. I'm talking about Kovacevic yeah. and Jack guy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's it's the million dollar question. What's going to happen? So you like when Harris Matheson to go down? Up? Uh, I'm not so sure I do. I just, I, I think that uh, he's, he's at a disadvantage because he's got a harder time on the right side than the others. I have a question for you, and then we're going to retackle this one. I don't want to get away. I don't want to run away from your question, but I will ask you mm-hmm. this because you just talked about trading Joel Edmondson at some point. Team offers you a first-round pick for David Savard. What do you do? Take it, of course. Of course. My buddy Jean-Charles Lajoie tells me that David Savard is an untouchable. So I said to him, I said, what if a team tells you that they're going to give you a first-round pick for him? He says, well, you already have two. How many do you want? So I answered, as Five. many as possible. <laughs> Seven. Nine. <laughs> Come on. This you is know? the best draft this century. It's the best draft ever, maybe. Of, of the century. I mean, it's maybe being compared ever. to 2003. Correct. Maybe maybe in NHL history. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, saw, I saw footage today of uh, – and I think it was Grant McCag I, who put it up, and I could be wrong, of recruits.ca. Um, Grant runs his own independent agency, scouting agency, of course. And was it Carlson, the clip of Carlson, the Swede that he put up? Oh, I'm not sure about that, but um, I love Carlson, absolutely. And oh. in fact, Sam uh, from Sportsnet, Constantino, put Carlson at number two uh, tonight when he released his November Wow. And and look, yeah. listen, uh, Carlson, I saw him in an interview and he was saying, uh, you know, I believe I'm the best 05 out there and I believe I'm better than Connor whoa, Bedard. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Yo, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't expect <laughs> I wouldn't expect him to say I'm second best and there's a guy better than me either. But man, he Why not? scored he Why scored not? Eh, I Is don't that know. Wrong? I don't understand that actually. Yeah. It's I don't okay. Know. It's okay. I don't understand that attitude, to be honest. Like it's okay to be second or third or fourth. I don't think it takes anything away from you. Yeah. Um, you know, if Connor Bedard is Connor McDavid, like I don't know. I don't I don't really I don't really get that attitude. But back to your point, you're, you know, you're like, probably Carlson's right. Amazing, I, I, but Brian, I'm probably right. Elliot. Yeah, I, I I'm just Elliot too. 
Yeah, I just view it if you say, you know what, uh, one guy's better than me, well, then it's easy for two guys to be better than you and three. I just don't like that mentality. But anyway, ah. I mean, I, I that's... I, well, I Shane Wright had that mentality, and he took a lot of criticism for it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, my, yeah. my number two is Adam Fantilli, who was just, like, putting up college numbers that are rivaling Paul Correa at yeah. night, uh with the Black Bears. I mean, he's just putting up ridiculous numbers. He didn't play tonight. Minnesota was handing it to uh, Michigan pretty easily. It was 5-2. Minnesota's got Logan Cooley on their team, uh, who was three overall. It was my pick to go, well, my favorite of the players. I didn't think they were going to take him, but... Um, uh, and Fantilli it might be sick or something with the flu or something like he, mm-hmm. he didn't play to, he didn't play tonight but um he's just putting up massive numbers for college it's not you don't go you don't go two points for every single game in college you just don't they don't play yeah. that kind of hockey and that's what he's doing so far so uh I, I think he's really special and I don't want to say he's one but you know he's like one like if there's one and then there's two I, I gotta put Fantilli you gotta look at my hands here yeah I got him like right there. I mean, he's wow. really close. He's really close to Bedard. I mean, obviously, I'm not suggesting Bedard isn't one he is, because um, he's just putting up ridiculous numbers. He so, scored ten seconds into the game tonight. Yeah, just so walked you through think, everybody. You think this? Uh, you think this team is going to tail off a little bit? Uh, you traditionally, no, I don't. Pretty, you don't, eh? I don't. No. So no, this is this is not good because then they're going to be in no man's land, Brian. I'm afraid so. Yeah. Oh, no. I think they're going to finish uh, about 19th. So that would be 12 or 13. So that's pretty much, well, not no man's land, but I mean, my I'm as high as 10 now. 10 absolutely outstanding. Slavkowski would have picked 11th players. Your top 10 players on your are, list for the 2023 better, draft? Are better than number one this last year, yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, it's a big number, right? So a, why finish? Huge. Why finish twelfth? But I think that that's where they're going to finish. Yeah, it's a huge number. But I'm telling you, man, you just watch them. Just watch their skill set. It's unbelievable how many quality players. Like it's it's. I mean, there's a Matthew Wood at Connecticut. And you watch him a little bit, and you go, "Wow," you know. There's a Will Smith. Uh, who plays for the United States Development Program? He's putting up numbers that are better than Cooley's numbers last year. Yeah, in his draft year. I mean, it's and he's ranked ten. He's I, ten. I, I, I'm not so sure you want to draft him though, because someone says a joke in the locker room. He's going to go out and start slapping his teammates. Slapping him. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith. No, huh? <laughs> but yeah, that's his name. Yeah, and he and he's been he's a center too. I mean, like there are seven centers. Like if they're looking for a two C, if Dvorsky, they want to keep Kirby, Dvorsky's another one, right? Absolutely, yeah, in Europe. Um, if if they're looking for uh, keeping Kirby Dak on the wing um, and and they don't get a center, then Kirby Dak, I think, needs to be the 2C. But if they do get a center from this draft, uh, then Dak can play uh, on the wing and keep going because he's got, I think, 12 points in the last nine games on this line. Yeah. Uh, and that could, that should stay. I mean, it's phenomenal. Like He's having yeah. the most confident moments of his career. Let it continue. Let him continue to feel this good about his game. No reason to play with that. But eventually, if you don't have a center, he's got to go there. And I think Jeff mentioned that, right? But yeah. if you can, if the other night on your, on your, on your podcast, but um, if they can get a center in this draft, it's in the top 10, and that's where they got to find themselves, um, even though nobody wants to hear that. And I don't think they're going to. I think they're too good. I think they're going to get better, Tony, not worse. People think they're going to fall off. 
I think it's the other way. I think well, all of these young kids are going to get better, not worse. Well, logic, actually, logic would say that they will get better because if, if, if the plan is to develop and to progress, well, then with each day here, you're going to develop more and progress more, which means you're going to be a better player. And if you're going to be a better player, they're going to end up being a better team. The challenge that they have as well, which is actually – a year ago, when they were trading Toffoli and they were trading Kulak and they were trading Lekkonen and they were trading Sherratt, they traded, you know, all guys that were playing and some pretty important players. So you knew that the team was going to be worse. So organically, they were going to end up losing more games. Mm -hmm. This year, the guys that they might want to trade, if mm -hmm. they want to trade a dad and off, your team's not going to skip a beat. If they right. want to trade a drawing, your right. team's not going to skip a beat. Your team will skip a beat if you trade a Josh Anderson or you trade a Brendan Gallagher, you trade a David Savard, or you trade a Joel Edmondson. Then you're going to skip or a beat. Sean Monahan. Uh, or Sean Monahan, which will they, they like which they likely will, right? You, right. Be, you believe that? They'll likely trade Monahan. Yep, for sure. I'd yeah. Anybody in their last year of the contract, it would make no sense not to if they're not in a playoff chase. But I'm a, I'm of the mind they may be in one. You think they're going to be in a playoff chase? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be in a good position of a playoff chase, but I think yeah. they're going to be in that cusp position that it doesn't look great if you're selling assets. I, I think they're going to I think they're going like, to Like Tony, let me give you a They're, they're going to sell either way, Brian. They're going to sell. And that's why oh, when I asked really Jeff think so? Okay, well, when I asked Jeff Gordon, I said, hypothetical mm -hmm. question. If the trade deadline is in two weeks, are you buying or selling? And he didn't answer oh. the question. Okay. And it leads me to believe that they're selling. And Kent Hughes said the other day in an interview that, you know, if they're in a position to make the playoffs, they're not going to trade a first-round pick to get a player that's going to help them. Make no, the of course or, not. That's so, not my scenario at all. No, no, I don't no. Think but anybody I, would suggest that. Brian, nobody I think would suggest that. Well, I think they're selling like, either Tony? way. Even if they're a playoff team, a trade deadline, they're selling. Let me give you a scenario. It's uh, two weeks before the trading deadline, or even ten days. Yeah, they're five. They're five points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. How they're does that look? They're going to sell. How does that look to everybody? Well, it looks like they're sticking to the plan, Brian. Yeah, but how does that look to fans? Does it matter? I think the fans are so happy with the entertainment for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I think. What about, what about Jeff Molson? Tony, keep going. Okay. Je Jeff Molson. Yes. Ignore Jeff this. Yeah. Jeff Molson, you know, will, will probably want to make the playoffs. Yeah. If they're five points out, I, I can. I can totally understand that. I can totally understand that Jeff Molson will want to make the playoffs. Yeah. I think you're on to a good point there. I'm just wondering what you went right, to get, though. I'm, oh, you went to get a charger. Yeah, because I'm going to run out. I was going to do this on my laptop, but that's the reason that's that I okay. was late is look I couldn't what I, get on. Look what I have, Brian. Look what I have. I'll show you here. Yeah, I got that. See that? No, I can't actually. I'm. I'm uh, don't worry about it. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, I got a. I got a battery pack hooked up to my phone. That's basically oh, what I have. Yeah, and uh, you know, I picked it up at that store, that big, big box store that I like to go to, and there's several of them in the city where they buy in bulk, and uh, I don't have to give them a plug because they're not paying me. 
uh, and I had to mm-hmm. buy it, but I picked up that battery pack there for, I think, you know, less than $50. And I just have it hooked up to my phone all the time type of thing. So I don't have to go and get the, um, but anyway. Um, well, I didn't hear a buzz about, there, you, but we're you, hoping you, there was a buzz. You asked me about Jeff Molson. So they're five points out of a playoff spot. The trade deadline is 10 days away. I told you they're going to be a seller no matter what. And you say, how does Jeff Molson feel about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine that Jeff Molson at that point in that scenario would love for them to go out and pick up a player to propel them into the playoffs. But how much, what's the gate per game in the playoffs? Supposedly. How much does he put in his, how, how, how much? Like tickets, supposed, parking, supp- concession. Supposedly, supposedly $2 million. $2 million. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, I don't, okay. I don't know the exact number of that. I, I do know so, that with television rights, they make about a million bucks a game because those numbers came out during COVID, where everyone was saying, "Man, all the teams are taking a beating during COVID because there's no fans in the stands." Mm-hmm. And what we heard at the time was the Canadians had the best television deal in the league. They make a million dollars off of every game. Wow! So uh, the Canadians were, you know not making money during COVID, but probably losing less than other teams. I think this, Tony, I think when that time comes around, it gets really easy when you see a little bit of excitement and the brass ring and the possibility and the excitement of the fans and it's close and you feel like going for it, that you start saying to yourself sentences like, you know, maybe we already got that center in Owen Beck. You know, maybe we could just trade for a, a puck-moving defenseman. Maybe we don't need this top 10 pick. Maybe we already got a pretty good pipeline. You know what I mean? People can tell themselves some things when they need to. Uh, if the scenario of making a lot more money um, is in front of them. I mean, I don't want this. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I've pretty much stated my case. Yeah. I'm pretty happy. I find this season entertaining. I find most games great. And if they want to finish seventh, that's absolutely fine with me. Seventh last, I mean. That's great. I think when Jeff (laughs) Molson met with Jeff Gordon for the first time in New York, it was determined that that moment Mm -hmm. that Jeff Jeff Molson was all in on the rebuild. I I think he... I think... I hope so. I think even before they had that meeting, Jeff Molson said... Last time around, I hired Mark Bergevin. When I met with the candidates, I told them that I wanted them to turn this team around as quickly as possible uh, possible, so they could be competitive in the short term and be sustainable in the long term. And if you recall... Sustainable. There's the word. If you recall, he said that. He said that in the press conference in which he introduced Mark Bergevin uh, which I believe was back on May 2nd, 2012. I could be wrong by a couple of days. And um, so I think, you know, after his time with Bergevin, which was a tenure of nine and a half years, and he saw that one year after going to the Stanley Cup final, things were falling apart and it wasn't sustainable because Bergevin went all in and then lost too many pieces and there were injuries and all that stuff. I think Jeff Molson said, you know what, this time around, yeah, I got to go rebuild, but they don't want to use the rebuild word because they're scared that people won't buy tickets. They won't go to the game. They don't want people not to have hope either. Mm-hmm. 
but I think everyone in the organization believes and is on board that this is a rebuild that's going on. They just don't want to say it. And that's why they didn't come out with the letter, because when you come out with the letter, well, you're admitting it to everyone that that's what you're doing right now. You know, if you take away hope, that's maybe when you stop selling some tickets. I don't think they want to do that, but I, I think Jeff Molson's all, I think Jeff Molson, Brian understands that if they make a push to go for the playoffs this year and get away from the plan, it might get in the way of being sustainable for longer, and it might get in the way of maybe even winning a cup one day. The one word that um, stuck out for me for sure through all of it is we don't want to just come back. We want something that's sustainable. We want this to be long-lasting. You know, like Bergevin's tenure to me was marked by a great year followed by a horrible year, followed by a great year, followed by drafting third, followed by great, followed by drafting third, followed Mm -hmm. by great, followed by drafting ninth. Like you want to be an organization that is near the top all the time. You know, there are like, what, seven NHL teams that are near the top, like pretty much every year it feels like. They just, not many down years for some of the teams in the National Hockey League. That's what you're, that's what you're hoping for. And uh, I, I hope they stay the course because I think the, 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 the foundation for me is, is incredible. And it might be too good already. The foundation. Yeah. yeah I, want... I, I, I don't see them bottom. Like I've already told you where I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be like five to seven to 10 points out of a playoff spot at the trading deadline. And then ultimately they're going to finish 12th last and draft 12th ish. Where do you, yeah. you, I haven't heard where you think they're going to be. I want to hear where you think they're going to finish. Bottom uh, 10. You think they'll finish bottom 10? Yeah. Can you narrow that down a little? Let's say, uh, ninth last. Ninth. Okay. Yeah. So we're four off. We're four or five off. Yeah. And hopefully if they pick ninth, they get a pick like Sergachev again. This time they don't trade him a shout out. Uh, to sportbuffshop.com. Use code SICK10 for 10% off on all of their items. You can shop our SICK merchandise, by the way. Look at this one that I'm wearing. I'm Marinaro. It says, my wife laughs every time she sees it. Actually, she nods her head. She says, who actually goes around wearing a shirt with their name on it other than you? And I said, I don't know. But you knew I was different uh, when you met me. Shop all of your sports license lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, and t-shirts from your favorite teams from all major sports leagues. As once again, it's sportbuffshop.com. All right, Josh Anderson. Here's a guy that if you ask a hundred people, would you trade Josh Anderson? 50 would probably say yes. And 50 would probably say no. So if I ask Brian Wild and I look, he, he clearly, it's not a priority to trade him. He's not one of the first players you want to trade, but, um, are you happy with what he brings overall for the long-term yeah. contract oh. that he has at five point five? Yeah. Oh, hey, if we're ans- if we're if we're uh, answering the question that way, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, very happy. And uh, maybe that sounds like a lot of money, but um, the contracts going forward—that's uh, not a lot of money for that footprint of a player at all. Um, but if you're going to go to the first half of that question that eventually wasn't asked, I'm going to say my concept of what they're doing here is that uh, you want everybody to come together at the same time 
And by the time this team comes together as something in the neighborhood of great and vying for anything resembling a championship, um, Josh Anderson's age starts with a three. So he needs to be traded. Josh, uh, by the time everything comes around, yeah, not right now. No, no, listen, there's no rush to trade out Josh Anderson. There's not. I mean, there's a lot of guys that got to go before him. I mean, let's face it. Sure, but uh, the one thing you know, I wasn't sure about right? is you can't keep the, the bottom line is don't you can't keep a bunch of players around that are going to when you finally trade them be worth less. I mean, if they ultimately are not a part of the championship caliber team that is being built right now around all of these draft picks and guys that are coming, I mean, this is coming to, to fruition in two three years, right? So mm-hmm. you don't want to sit there and say, okay, well, when it comes to fruition, then we get rid of that player A, player B, player C, who's now not worth a first round draft pick, but a second. I mean, you got to try to make this entire, the scope of this, get maximum value for players that are not a part of that that swoosh that's mm-hmm. coming in the next three years. And so if he's worth a, something you know wonderful now, like a first round draft choice, and I would say definitely he's worth a first you know, close to the trading deadline when everyone can afford a player because uh, no one can now. There are no moves because no one has cap space, but that yeah. won't be a concern later. Um, yeah, and Josh gets moved. Hell, anybody whose age will start with a three in three years, uh, two, three years, needs to be moved for maximum value when that maximum value is, which is now. Brian, you're uh, you're an awesome follow on uh, Twitter, so I hope that Twitter sticks around so Me too. people that are watching can actually continue to follow you. And a great piece on Call of the Wild on Global TV Montreal. You know how much uh, I always extend an open invitation to you to join Thank us you. on the podcast. Sometimes you can make it, sometimes you can't. Every time you say, Tony, I'm in, I'm pretty happy about it. So thanks for doing great. this, man. I had a lot of fun, and I hope you Thank did you, as Tony. well. All right. I did. Thank you. All right. Good. We'll talk to you soon. There you have it. Brian Wild from Global TV, Montreal. And I guess on that note, it's time we take some calls. You called. Presented by Playground. And brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. The number that you have to call is a toll-free number. So it's free. And this is your opportunity to jump on a line and give me your reaction to what you saw tonight. The Canadians lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus by a score of 6-4. to four. Call us, 1-888-585-SICK. That's 1-888-585-7425. And as soon as you give us a call, Sammy and Daniello are going to tell me who's on the line and where you're calling from, and we're going to get to it. In the meantime, I'm going to ask Sammy and Daniello to bring up a couple of comments while you jump on a line. Tanner Kendrick says the kids made mistakes, but what do you expect from rookies who have overachieved thus far? And Suzuki and Caulfield look fine tonight. So many chances for Caulfield tonight, and he was just unlucky in my opinion. I find that Cole Caulfield over the last couple of games has been making some um, has coughed up the puck a little bit in his own zone. And, um, but once again, I mean, if you thought that he was going to continue the pace that he was on and score at that pace, we knew that he was going to be off the pace a little bit. And, uh, once again, it's okay. He's young. It is okay. Other questions. 
as you can jump on the line and call me at one 585 If you've never talked to me in 20 years of radio and the podcasting over the last couple of years, this is your opportunity. B-roll says, Tony, what were the reasons for the loss in your opinion? Um, some bad defensive plays, little bad luck. Goaltending wasn't great. They lost some very key faceoffs, some missed assignments, and uh, they just they had some passengers tonight. That's it. They had some passengers because if they were all going, they were going to beat that Columbus team that was decimated. But they weren't all going, and they had some passengers. Other questions coming in. Jack Guy or Harris to Laval? That's the million-dollar question. I don't even know myself. It's funny because I asked myself who the development would be better for between those two players, and the you know the the answer the thing I don't know is what the development is like at the American Hockey League level. What the Amer you know what the development is like at the American Hockey League level. That's the thing I don't know. Wish I knew. Because we know it's good here in Montreal. We know that with Marty St. Louis, we know that with Stefan Robida, we know that the concepts that he's preaching, that it's it's better in Montreal. We know that. So I'm not sure who to said now. I'm really not. And by the way, for those wondering, because I see some of the comments, we have calls. But I know who's calling. I've been told here, I'm reading it on a private chat line that I have with our people at Master Control. And uh, when we started taking the calls, I mean, there were some calls that I thought just once I went back and I listened to them the next day, um, we're filtering out the calls. So if uh, Agnello and Sammy recognize your voice and I told them who to look out for and uh, we think there's a good call coming, well, then we're going to take your call. If we think it's not going to add value to the program, well, we're going to end up going to someone who is. Who's this? Paul in New Brunswick. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, Thinking about the rebuild, I think it was only one person we really have to get rid of in trade is Jake Allen. We have an asset in Laval that a lot of people claim will never be a starter. And if we have Montalbo, Primo as our combo, we are going to uh, win much less games. I don't well, think that it's, really it, it's funny. Overall, yeah. the team playing ahead of them. It's funny you bring this up because one of the things I said on the podcast was before Jake Allen was signed to a contract extension, I said I'm torn on this because I like Allen a lot and I think he's a really good goalie. But seeing as I'm preaching the rebuild, I would trade Jake Allen. I said that. Because I said, if you don't, he's going to end up stealing some points. And the points, it's going to be counterproductive for this team. And actually, you're going to get more points in the standing. It's going to hurt you. A lot of people disagreed. And some people told me that Jake Allen wouldn't steal points. He has. And he hasn't even been at his best yet. And he's stolen some points. 
Absolutely. Even Montalvo has stolen some points. He has. He really has. Paul, what a great call. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. That's Paul in New yeah, Brunswick. Who wants to follow up on Paul? 1-888-585-7425. 1-888-585-7425. We'll continue to get to your calls right here on the SICK Podcast. Phil Doucette, I think we have to be careful who we deal this trade deadline. The team is already slim in many positions, and trading away key pieces could lead to the team taking a lot longer to turn that around. Well, they know that. You know, they're going to, if they're going to trade a player, the Canadians, before the deadline, it's because they think by the start of next season they're going to have somebody in place who can take that player's place. Uh, Or they'll go out and they'll try and acquire somebody, an unrestricted free agency, but then you're taking a little bit of a gamble, but they know that. The Canadians are in good hands. With Gordon and Hughes, they're in very, very good hands. Very good hands. Says Roy, Tony, is this the end of the road for Droy? Well, I mean, I don't see how they're going to bring him back. I really don't see how they're going to bring him back. It's your chance to jump on a line, one 885 one We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitter, and we're live on Facebook. If you're not watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. It's absolutely free. Message us, uh, SICK, S-I-C-K, on all the social media platforms, and like this video if you like the SICK podcast. And if you're going to give us a listen tomorrow on Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or Spotify, well, uh, at that point, leave us a five-star review. It goes a long way with us. Lonnie says, what would the Habs get for Josh Anderson today? First and a prospect. You'd have to think. No. I think. I think first and a prospect. I don't see how they would get less than that. Tony, where do you see Matheson slotted in? Matheson's their number one defenseman. Suzuki over or under 100 points, Tony. This year, under. But I wouldn't be surprised if he hits that mark one year. John Wayne says Josh Anderson is definitely at least the first. Yes, 100%. Tony a second and a busted first. I don't know. Eric Lavallee says in four weeks from now, it's first and a prospect. I believe that. I believe that. Other questions coming in. I got to take a sip of water. Hold on a second. Let me take a sip of water. My mouth is really dry today. For whatever reason, every time I take a sip from this water bottle, either from the tap or removing the tap, I get water all over me. I recognize this name. It's one of the names I told Sammy and Yellow. I said, if you ever see this name, this guy's a great caller. You patch him through right away. Luigi is in a hunsick. It must be my buddy, Luigi D'Amore. Hello, Luigi. How you doing, Tony? Good. How are you? Great show, like usual. Tony. Thank you, Luigi. Thank you. I watched the game tonight, Tony. It mm-hmm. seems to be a bit of the past uh, that we saw last year. Uh, you know, the uh, the game itself was entertaining, six four, but uh, there's some issues on defense, which is only normal. It's a young team, very very young team here. The mistakes are going to happen, Tony. And going forward, this team is going to be playing seven of the next 21 games at home and 14 on the road all the way to January. And they're going to be playing 21 different teams 
not uh, any team twice in the next 21 games. And it won't be easy because the Flyers are coming here. They haven't won in the last five, and they were brutal tonight against Boston. And then they're going to be facing the Sabres. Yeah, but Louis, it all depends on which way you look at that, right? When you say the Flyers are coming here and it won't be easy, uh, they've lost their last five. Well, you'd rather play a team that's lost their last five than win their last five. But I, I kind of look. I understand your point. I was looking at their schedule the other day. Where it really becomes, I think, most difficult is going to be um, starting on the seventeenth of December, Louis, when they host Tampa. Then a couple of nights later, they'll be in Arizona. A couple of nights after that, they'll be in Colorado. A couple of nights after that, they'll be in Dallas on the 23rd of December. They'll be off for Christmas, let's just say for uh, 24th and 26th, 24th, 25th, maybe even 26th, travel later that afternoon or 27th. Then they play in Tampa on the 28th. They play in Florida on the 29th. They play in Washington on the 31st. They play in Nashville on the 3rd, and then they're going to host the Rangers on the 5th before hosting St. Louis and Seattle. So their schedule from the 17th of December to the 5th of January, it's going to be tough. They're playing some really good teams, and they're playing a lot of those games on the road. It's going to be a tough schedule. It's going to be a hard schedule for them, Tony, especially on the young guys. Right now they're gung ho. They're playing well. But uh, down the line, I really believe they're going to make mistakes. It's only normal. Yeah. These young kids are going to make mistakes. But me, I figured that this team will finish in the bottom seven of the league. And I definitely believe in the rebuild, Tony. I definitely believe there's uh, Allen should be traded and get a good pick. Not because I want to trade him, but you can get something good in return going forward in the uh, drafts coming up. And, Louis, if I can, you mentioned the schedule. Uh, after hosting Philadelphia on Saturday, the Canadians are going to be in Buffalo on Tuesday. Uh, they're going to host the Sabres on Tuesday. But the next night, they're going to be in Columbus. And two nights after that, they're going to be in Chicago. And that's going to be a 2 p.m. start because, of course, it's Thanksgiving in the United States, right? Um, they're going to end up playing three games in three and a half nights. Three games. In three and a half nights. And then about seven or eight days after that, in the month of December, uh, they're going to end up playing another three and four because they're going to be in Edmonton. And then a couple of nights later, they'll be in Vancouver. And then the next following night, they're going to be in Seattle. So, man, their schedule, it's it's tough. And then the week after that, they're playing three and four because they have Calgary two nights later, Ottawa and then Anaheim, and there's a game on the road there in Ottawa, and there's travel in between. Louis, you're right. Their schedule, it's going to get tough, and it's going to get tough in the very near future here. And and that's going to be pretty well at the halfway point uh, by January 5th, maybe a game 40-41, Tony. Yeah. Louis, I know you're a big soccer fan. What did you think of our Canadians men's national team beating Japan in a World Cup preparation game today with Lucas Cavallini? Scoring in the 95th minute. I was following it, Tony, and I was happy that they won uh, this game. And I'm looking forward to the uh, the first game on Wednesday. It's going to be a, a special event for on two occasions. Team Canada playing and your 50th birthday, Tony, on Wednesday, yes. November 23rd, Tony. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Wednesday is my 50th birthday, and part of me would love to be in Qatar, but... Uh... 
you can't have everything in life. You know, in return, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be hosting the SIG podcast. And I have my SIG army here. And if I can't be in Qatar cheering on the Canadians men's national team, the next best place is to be here with the SIG army, Louis. Thank you. And who knows, Louis, maybe you and I could watch the game together on Wednesday. Anytime, Tony. Anytime. Are you working on Wednesday or are you taking it off? No, I'm taking the day off to, uh, to watch a game. I'm gonna All be right. So, you know what? We're maybe, gonna watch we, game. maybe we can get together and watch the game, Louis. I'll talk to you soon. Anytime. Anytime, Tony. All right. There you have it. My buddy, Luigi Damore from Mahansik, who was, you know, used to listen to uh, my radio show at a previous radio station. And, um, we ended up meeting somewhere at one point, and uh, he's very much involved in the soccer world. He's in amateur soccer on a volunteer basis. He gives us time to help the kids out and help uh, help out a couple of clubs. He's a great guy, and uh, became really good friends. And since then, I don't, you know, he's come to watch. I don't know how many of my kids' games, but he's a real, real gentleman. Kennedy says he'll be, uh, he'll be. Uh, Will we be talking Portugal and Ronaldo? There's a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo to talk right now. Kennedy, I, I think that Cristiano Ronaldo made a mistake by uh, by saying what he said to Pierce Morgan. Now, no one's going to lose sleep over it. At the end of the day, uh, he knows what he's doing. I, it kind of just seemed to me as there was a settling of a score. And, um, and um, Pierce Morgan asked him everything that he wanted to be asked. It kind of like didn't. Uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, he's one of the greatest footballers of all time, and I think it's really sad how his experience with Manchester United here ended for the second time around. You never want to see one of the best players ever go out like that. We move back on, and uh, and we take your calls. And by the way, to James Welsh, who said that this is a hockey show on YouTube, no, James, this is the sick podcast, and I'm going to talk about whatever I want to talk about with all due respect, okay? Uh, if I want to talk about the World Cup, which is going to start on Sunday, which is the biggest sporting event in the world, I'm going to talk about it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let you all know right now, for the duration of the World Cup, which is going to last, uh, give or take, about four weeks on every show, I will be dedicating a very uh, a segment. It might be a short segment, but a segment on the World Cup and what happened that day. And, of course, obviously there's going to be a pretty big emphasis on the Canadians men's national team. Uh, says, Mr. Wanarik, hello from Dubai, Big Tony. Thank you. Eric Lavallee, December 18th, last game. Uh, Fisherman says, I don't like watching soccer, but I'll watch the World Cup. Rene says it's a month. It's actually not a month, okay, because it starts on the 28th and it ends on the 18th. So it's kind of like four weeks or whatever it is. Um, Brazil versus, uh, I'm not sure, but uh, Brazil's going to be a tough out. They have one of the deepest teams I've seen in a very, very long time. Dominic is in Oakville. Dominic wants to talk Habs hockey. Dominic, how are you? I'm here. I'm doing okay. How about you? Good. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. What's on your mind, Dominic? Uh, I just wanted to congratulate Tony on his podcast. I've been a loyal follower. I'm a long-time Habs fan. Never called into the radio show that he had before. Yeah, no, you're on with me right now, Dominic. I am. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me. It's me. Yeah, no, no. 
Tony, me. congratulations. I'm talking to you first. How come I didn't recognize your voice? Anyway. I, I don't know. You know uh, what? You, I, I've played with people in the past when they don't recognize my voice. And I tell them we're going on in about oh. 10 seconds. I didn't want to do that to you, Dominic. I didn't want to do that to you. But go ahead. Hey, Dominic, well, it's not, good to no, talk to you. Continue, please. Oh, Continue. Okay, I, I've, been, I've been a loyal follower when you were on the radio station. never called in then. Uh, but you got me uh, tuned into your podcast on the post game. I called the post game show the the other post game show that I used to listen to. So, congrats to you. You're doing a great job. I love your collaborators. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. I, I, I love Brian. I love Brian. Love Brian and George LaRock. What a breath of fresh air he is, man. Pillow Brian, Brian Wild of Global TV Montreal. George LaRock of BPM Spar. Mac Andre Perot of TV Spar. Oh, Love Eric Angles. I never knew him at all, of course, being an English guy here in Oakville. Yeah. Um, he, Eric Angles of Sportsnet, Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette and HockeyInsideOut.com. And we're gonna we're gonna have many more as well. I mean, we're at we're actually we're just scratching the surface. You know, this podcast is relatively young. Yes, it's two years old, but this is a pretty new format that we went with that we started just over a month ago or whatever it was. And uh, slowly but surely, we're going to get there. I'm very happy to say that the numbers on Monday night in particular, when Jeff Gordon was on, were like just outstanding. But um, we're, we're, we're building something here, one block at a time. And we're having a lot of fun doing it, Dominic. We're having a lot of fun. Listen, I just want to tell you, I, I just, uh, being a longtime Habs fan, I'm, yeah. I'm 15 years older than you are, okay? So I've been seeing a few things over the years. Um, and I just love this management group. You know, you get guys like Jeff on and like the other night, just to get that transparency that we never saw. Well, we haven't seen in years, right? Under the, certainly under the Bears event era. He did a lot of good things. If I can, I just, if I can, if I can though, Dominic, I have to tell yeah. you that me personally, I never had a hard time securing an interview with Mark Bergevin. Now, I wasn't able to get it every day, and I really appreciated talking to Jeff Gordon, but I put in a request for Jeff Gordon, you know, originally oof, about uh, about a year ago. Uh, so I have to, but I was I was really grateful that he came on the podcast, and what a gentleman too, eh? He makes his way to the Bell Center because the Wi-Fi is better there than it is in his apartment. And he goes out of his way. I mean, I'm not going to forget that. Very appreciated for sure. But I have to tell you, when you say the management group is very transparent and uh, they're accommodating, I had a real good relationship with Mark Bergevin. I never had a problem securing an an interview with him. Never. You know, and I'm sure you didn't, but I'll tell you, as a fan... Uh, from listening to, you know, Martin St. Louis post game comments, like, which I just absolutely like tuned right into. Couldn't, uh, I, I saw a speak with, uh, Monsieur Ducharme. Honestly, he, it just, everything seemed to be cold and calculated and guarded, right? Now the opposite is true, right? With the management group, whether it be Kent Hughes, whether it be Jeff, like you had the other day, it's just like these guys just, they're just flying off the cuff. You know, they're just telling you, they're telling you how they feel. Like it, there's a real strategic openness. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, and openness in terms of sharing, wanting to share that. Right. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, they got to be a little bit guarded in what they say, you know, when you ask them certain 
um, you know, introspective questions like you've often asked them, but they're still there, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just awesome. It's awesome to listen to. And like I said, Martin St. Louis post game, I love listening to that guy. Like, I mean, there's not a, th- every time I listen to him, I'm thinking I'm learning something, right? I'm learning about how he approaches the, the game, how he, you know, how, what player development's all about, how he relates to, to, to yeah. his group and, how he's trying to grow. Well, it's, 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 a, it's just a, it's a breath of fresh air. It, it is a breath of fresh air, Dominic. And they realize they're talking to the fans, right? They're talking to the fans exactly. and uh, the fans are taking it all in and they're loving it and they're enjoying it. And, you know, once, yes, this management group and this coaching staff is really loved from the fans. And so is this team. And Jeff was saying it the other night on the sick podcast and our podcast, he was saying that, you know, last game of the season last year and the, team got a huge ovation even though they finished last overall in the league it was um you know they picked the perfect time to rebuild they sold it well the fans have a lot of confidence in this management team they have a lot of confidence in their plan and um it was i think it was long overdue i mean i don't remember when was the last time they did a rebuild they had a great opportunity in 2009. It was the year of the centennial. They had about 10 free agents, and they chose to hang on to all of them because they absolutely wanted to make the playoffs. They did make the playoffs, but they got swept by the Bruins in four, and then they lost all those players for absolutely nothing when they could have actually dealt them and stockpiled all kinds of assets, but they didn't do that. It was a mistake. They're, they're not making any mistakes this time around. Like, When was the last time this management team made a mistake? Like they're they're getting a lot of things right. They're getting a lot of things right, Dominic. And you know what's going to happen? And I think I think you know I'm not the first guy to say this and talked about, but I mean we know what's going to happen at the trade deadline if everything sits. They're going to sell. You know, guys guys like Monahan will be gone, and they're going to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dadanov will be gone. Joy will be gone. I'm hoping to get a first for Josh. Right. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking they will. Um, Dandanov, you know, hopefully, they, you know, they, they're given every opportunity to shine, right? So they, 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 they can yeah. his value. Like everything just seems to make sense, right? And I've never been able, well, I haven't been able to say this for years as a long time Habs fan, right? That things just, I, I don't want to say they're predictable, but they're just, they're logical, right? They're, yeah. They're just, I wouldn't be, so, Dominic, I wouldn't be surprised. If they trade a veteran defenseman at the deadline as well, whether it's Savard or whether it's Edmondson, and maybe there's more chance of Edmondson because he's a left-handed defenseman and they have a lot of more those in the pipeline they do than they do on the right side. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, Dominic, thanks so much for calling. Thanks for your support over all these years, even when I was working in radio. And hopefully it doesn't take you another 20 years to give us a call, okay? I hope to hear from you again sometime soon. All the best to you. I hope you can become a regular right here on the Sick Podcast. Uh, when we take balls after today's games. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Once again, um, special thanks. Uh, Something happened there to the screen. Okay, special thanks to our our major sponsors, LaCash, Energy Transportation Group, and 8.6 Beer, of course. That's it for the SICK Podcast, for tonight anyway. Tell your friends about it. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. It's absolutely free. Uh, comment sick. Like this post. Like this page. Like what you're watching right now. And if you're going to listen to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It goes a long way with us. Uh, that's our way of 
absolutely feeling the love. Matt O'Han will be in tomorrow. He's usually in on Friday night starting at 10 p.m. Eastern. He'll be talking Habs. He'll be talking a little bit of NFL football as well. He'll keep you entertained, and then I'll be back on Monday, and then we're going to do it all over again. Tell your friends about it. I bid you good night. Thanks to everyone and Yellow and Sammy back at Master Control, and thank you to all of you. You are my sick army, and together we are one. There is nobody stronger than us, and nobody has a better listenership. Nobody has a better viewership. Nobody has a better fan base than me and the sick podcast. Have a great night. And once again, don't forget, who am I? <laughs> you know who I am? I'm Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.